Oh, much has been said of the strumpets of yore, of winches and body house queens by the score. But I sing of the baggage that we all adore, the landlord's daughter. <laughs> We're doing the wicker man, everybody. The lovely singing voice you're hearing is from your host, Jared. Um, and in the background, that's my brother, Justin. Justin, how are you? I'm good, man. You didn't tell me a song was coming. I'm pretty excited. I got to sing along to start the episode. <laughs> I always like to surprise you guys. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Catch you off guard. Um, and my sister-in-law is also with us, as always. Mia, how are you today? I am good. I love the intro. That was great. <laughs> we'll get. That's my favorite part of this movie, I think. But uh, <laughs> all right. The Wicker Man, episode number 25, right? Yeah. Wow, we're yeah. a quarter century now. I know. Yeah, episode wow. 25. So let's get started. Um, we all right, we did the introductions. Uh, this was my pick. This was my pick. This yeah. is one of my... Um... Ooh, can I do your part then? Can I do your part? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So, Jared, why did you pick this movie? Why did you pick this movie? <laughs> um, so I... I can't remember. Oh, I do remember how I first saw this movie. Uh, does anybody, years and years ago, I think it was Bravo, did the short little documentary, The 100 Scariest Movie Moments? Ah, I love that. Yeah, okay. yeah you remember. Yeah. yeah. So about that. That's probably how I first found out about this movie. Um, so going into it, I already kind of knew the ending, but when I finally got around to seeing it, I mean, I didn't know most of what happens in most of the movie because most of it's it's like a mystery so it was kind yeah. of fun and this is a folk horror movie so it's very different from you know I guess what you would expect from your typical horror movie and uh yeah I just think it's a beautiful film I consider it a, a underappreciated classic I think it should be up there with movies like The Shining it's a really weird film I mean how would you describe it it's it's partially a musical um, yeah, yeah that's a really good way to describe it right yeah yeah it's partially a musical it's um there's a lot of themes of religion is a big part of it it has christopher lee in it we'll talk about that a little later and uh yeah i just think it's a great movie it's underappreciated and let's go to mia mia was this your first time seeing this movie Yes, it was my first time seeing this movie. I just had maybe like faint memories of the remake. Um, so I knew how it, how it would end. Because I think, I don't know, I think there's been like some mockery of that part of, <laughs> of that movie, but I had not actually seen the original. Okay. So you know, I mean, if you know anything about this movie, you know how it ends. But even mm -hmm. if you know how it ends, it doesn't really spoil it too much i no. don't think um so yeah to be clear we're talking about the original 1973 version not the nicholas cage i've never actually sat down and watched that whole movie but uh i've seen like reviews of it so yeah watch the original everybody so you knew i mean you knew how it ended but you didn't know much about the rest of the movie no i did not so it was really quite a wonderful surprise yeah so what did just a general quick impression I, I sounds like you liked it I did I liked it I was not prepared for the amount of singing uh <laughs> levity 
<laughs> and the amount of just kind of uh, nudity, but used in a way of art and kind of es- expressing personal beliefs and different versions of religion that were pretty interesting, even though, you know, it's a, it's a movie, it's just, it was done really well and I enjoyed it. Yeah, even though I've seen this movie a few times now, I forgot just how much nudity there is in this movie. This may have the most nudity of any movie we've covered yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's done, like you said, I think it's done pretty tastefully most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few points where you feel like you're starting to go into an old porn movie, but then it yep. kind of goes back. Um, yeah. yeah, so it, it's weird, right? It's We say it is a horror movie, mostly for the later part of the film mm-hmm. most of it's kind of like a more of a murder mystery correct but um yeah so that's me a first time seeing it awesome justin what about you had you seen this one before i had not seen this one and i had not seen the remake either mm. so did you know anything about it going into it well i mean <laughs> i tried <laughs> But I did watch it with Mia, so I did uh, learn about the ending before I got the movie turned on. <laughs> so I knew uh, that there was somebody was going to be burning at the end. But I mean, that's not to your point. It's really not giving a lot away. Spoilers. Uh, yeah, to know that somebody. Yeah, that's about the equivalent <laughs> of spoilers I got. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like uh, that's all I knew going into it. Okay, and what did you think? I, uh, it's really good. I, uh, not to kind of start off just being an echo chamber for you. Um, but it seems really underappreciated to me it's like, it's a serious treatment of like religion and comparative religion and cult all at the same time. And the acting is great and the horror and the, the like terror of a few moments of it's great. Um, the mystery part, it's got like humor in it too. Uh, there's ridiculous songs at part of it. And like, I mean, it's fun while being terrifying. And, you know, anytime you can hit all those pieces and Christopher Lee, I mean, you gave me a heads up, right? You're like, look into Christopher Lee, who I knew a little bit about, but uh, man, I mean, he, I mean, the other acting is good, but he really... I mean, he really carries it. Uh, there are some just phenomenal scenes with him. Um, so anyways, I loved it. I'm really excited to talk about it. And there's all kinds of weird parts to talk about with it. Yeah, so we'll talk more about Christopher Lee when we get there. Um, when he makes his introduction in the movie, we'll stop and have a little chat about Christopher yeah. Lee. But uh, good, yeah. So everybody's kind of on the same page here. This is a good movie. Uh, coming up soon we need to do another like good sleazy movie you know just a low budget something because we've been doing highbrow stuff for a while now (laughs) i need i need more uh more trash but (laughs) the wicker man (laughs) what i love trashy sleazy movies okay yeah uh are you guys ready to jump into the plot definitely carry us away all right so we open up it has some of kind of a, a very nice beautiful opening it's just up we're flying over i guess it was shot in the scottish islands uh some beautiful scenery there's some nice music playing and we're following our main character sergeant howie sergeant howie 
So he is flying into the island of Summer Isle. Summer Isle. He's headed there to investigate the disappearance of a young girl named Rowan Morrison, who I may accidentally call Rowan Atkinson because of the actor. So sorry if I do that. Every time I say Rowan, I just immediately thank him. But Rowan Morrison, uh, he has received an anonymous letter that this girl has gone missing. She's been missing for a long time. When he gets to the island, they're at first reluctant to even let him on. But he's like, hey, I'm a cop. You have to let me on. (laughs) And then he has a picture and everyone says, we've never seen this girl before. She doesn't live here. But when given the girl's last name, they know, and the mother's name, they're like, oh yeah, we know the mother, but that's not her daughter. So he goes to see the mother, May, May Morrison. Uh, When we get there, she owns... Uh, May Morrison in May Day. Ha! I didn't even put that together until just now. Good job, Justin. (laughs) Just just announcing things in real time as they're playing out of my mind. (laughs) Yeah, so the movie takes place shortly before May Day. Um, And on May Day. And on May Day, too. Yeah. So she owns a can. Was that a candy store? Uh, Post office. Right. No, it's a sweet store. Remember, she had the candies and the and the. She's like cooking and. uh, Uh, But I thought the address was later on. Post office, right? Yeah. Was it both? I can't remember. There's a lot to see in the background. But anyways, part of what she has is there's candy and chocolate, and she he says, "Hey, I'm here to look for your daughter," and she goes, "Oh, that's not my daughter." Um this is my daughter and she introduces her to a girl introduces the sergeant to a girl named Myrtle and when she he talks to Myrtle Myrtle says oh yeah I know Rowan but she's talking about a rabbit the girl is painting a rabbit and (laughs) Sergeant Howie he's confused now okay so we're setting up the mystery already he's gotten a letter to go look for a missing girl on an island Everyone says they've never seen the girl before. They don't know her. He even talks to the mother who also says, I don't know her. And there's something going on. So, oh, yes, we're getting to my favorite part already early in the movie. This is when I really fell in love with this film. He meets the, he goes to an inn and he meets the landlord of the inn and her, his beautiful daughter, Willow. Okay. Then we get to the song that I opened up the podcast with. It's the Landlord's Daughter song. Okay, Justin, tell us about this song. Yeah. Landlord's Daughter. I, so I learned it's and been... Scene. Yeah, I learned it's been covered a couple times, which makes me really happy, um, just as a side note. But it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> so <laughs> it goes from like... Uh, like kind of like a sing-along about the landlord's daughter being attractive and all the men knowing it, which is already a little weird. Um, And then they like just come straight out with it. They're like, yeah. And all the gentlemen's penises stand up on end. I mean, they just like, and the one guy is is like taking his one arm and shoving it up in the air, kind of Shawn Michaels, old school world wrestling style making it look like his uh like a penis is up in the air they're like being very vulgar um and then they're talking about how she's not the kind of 
a woman to take home to your mom and the landlords they're like snickering along and she's kind of snickering along um and so yeah and then she like comes out on the dance floor while they're singing about her and kind of does a little grinding action a little bit of grinding action as part of it and uh (laughs) the sergeant of course uh isn't having it but it was uh it went from like oh kind of like a maybe a folksy sing-along of like a of a character to pretty explicit yeah just to, to set the scene a little more we're in a small island village and everyone's like kind of older i guess like maybe in their 50s or 60s mm-hmm. and they're just kind of smoking and drinking and then the, when the landlord's daughter comes out they just all start singing about her and yeah it's very raunchy um but her dad's there and she's there and everybody just thinks it's funny um except for the sergeant who gets very offended mm-hmm. and he takes his like Howdy. drink cup and s- smashes it on the table several times to get everyone to be quiet right daughter it's great comes out of nowhere by the way if you didn't know i mean suddenly we're all singing you know (laughs) no one told me this was a musical (laughs) um but so he's like okay everybody be quiet i'm looking for this girl i'm a cop and again everyone says nope we don't know this girl nope now but we get our first clue that something suspicious is going on in the end uh mia do you remember what our first clue is yeah so he's kind of like giving a the place an inspection and he comes across the yearly photos of the harvest festival and he notices that the previous festival's photograph and i guess the honor you know the young maiden is missing mm-hmm. yeah so it's very obvious too like there's even still the hook there and an obvious spot where one of the yearly photographs is missing and that theoretically should be where um where rowan is and so he says hey where's obvious. the picture so and the guy just tells him oh it it broke mm-hmm. <laughs> so the sergeant goes to his room no first he's having dinner right and willow comes out and she's very obviously flirting with him you know there's not much subtlety there what is she saying like can't remember but she's saying suggestive things to him basically and after his dinner that night he goes outside Mm. anybody remember what he sees when he goes outside an orgy it's an orgy yeah yeah just out in the grass in the middle of the night there's all these couples just having sex out in the grass um it's like eight or ten couples there was a lot of them yeah yeah there's several people it's it's a thing like everybody meet up at 10 um (laughs) (laughs) but um oh he sees some people in the graveyard including one completely naked girl who's crying and hugging a tombstone Mm -hmm. so things are starting to get this movie definitely has some surrealism it gets stronger at the end but here we're starting to see some of the surreal aspects with like just a naked girl hugging a tombstone so he thinks that's weird and then he starts pre- uh, preparing for bed and here it establishes um the main contrast of the movie which is that um he, he's a very 
very religious Christian man. So we see him praying before bed, and we get a flashback to him in church, showing that uh, his religion is something that's very important to him. Then, as he's trying to go to sleep, we get another musical number involving Willow. Um, oh my God. Mia? Mia, you want to take this one? What, the, what happens here when sure. the officer is trying to sleep? So the officer is trying to sleep, but the very seductive Miss Willow is basically singing a song of seduction to him, which is actually, I really enjoyed the song. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I really enjoyed the song. And she's kind of like banging on the walls and banging on her body very seductively. She has on he's like, clothes. She no, she's on also naked. Yeah, she's completely naked. She's completely naked. But she's like dancing seductively and kind of like getting him like in a trance almost it's very interesting he's just uh you know tormented by his by the temptation of trying to open the door he does briefly try to open the door which i noticed and then he's like no i'm not in that way but yeah it's kind of how it plays out though (laughs) that's really good (laughs) yeah so she is completely nude um and this is i guess the sexiest part of the whole movie i mean she's doing a dance and you see pretty much everything you know and it's really she's like banging on the door and he she's basically like a siren here you know inviting him over and he fights so hard not to come over he's like sweating and everything um but yeah ultimately he resists yeah yeah. so yeah it's pretty awesome now there's some i need i need to look more into this story but apparently for the parts where you see like full frontal of her backside, they used a stunt double. And I think she was actually pregnant during this scene. So the producers or the director said they used a stunt double because when she found out she was pregnant, she didn't want to be nude and pregnant on camera. But I think she's also maintained that they used a stunt double without telling her and it bothered her. I don't know. So look into that. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just the idea that maybe there's a naked pregnant woman dancing there, kind of weird. Uh, yeah, this movie gets re- this movie gets really weird, guys. Uh, if you're uncomfortable with this stuff, well, yeah, should have stopped listening. You probably stopped listening already. Yeah. <laughs> it gets worse. So the next morning, she comes in and wakes him up, and he's apparently not slept well. Um, and just flat out asks him, like, "Hey, why didn't you?" come see me last night. I did invite you. Couldn't you tell, you know? Uh, He says he is engaged to be married and doesn't believe in sex before marriage anyways, which is kind of mind-blowing to her. And she, (laughs) I like that she's sort of offended, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, Didn't you hear the song? Everybody loves me. I'm awesome. Uh, But, so she tells him, okay, well, you should probably go ahead and just leave today because tomorrow's May Day. And the way you think, you're not going to be happy if you see how we act on May Day. Um, as he, so he goes outside, he starts his day, and we get to another weird, another weird song. This one made me even weirder. Justin, do you remember this one with the kids and the... Yeah, ribbon? it's like the one guy leading it to... Um... Uh, leading all the kids and they have their ri- uh, ribbons and it's kind of got the crown thing at the top 
and they're singing this song. It reminds, actually part of it reminded me of a song that Granny May used to sing to us about yes. a toad on a stump on a log in the hole in the you know the whole thing. But um, yeah, it was like you know it was a song about a tree, and on the tree there's a branch, and on the branch, you know, there's a nest, and in the nest there's an egg, and in the egg there's uh something uh and then there's a feather and then on the feather there's um there's a girl a, uh, a girl and then on the girl there's a man and he has a seed and then there's a baby and, and the baby gives life to death and the death and then you plant a tree on the on the on the <laughs> grave i think i got part i got most of it not all of it but um better than i could have done yeah yeah, yeah. so good was, job thank you thank you thank you thank you um and so, yeah, but it's, it has like a clearly like a very culty element that was uh, uh, just the, they're, they're like rhythmically dancing a little bit. And then there's like the one adult leader, like leading them in song. And it was also very culty and um, weird too. Yeah. So I looked it up a little bit. It's a, a Mayday, uh, Mayday poll. And May Day isn't actually something, I guess it's just not as popular in the States. Um, so I don't know actually too much about the holiday and the traditions, but yeah, it's a May Day poll and they're all tied to strings and dancing around. And there's this man leading them in a song and it's all about trees and sex and it's really bizarre, uh, you know, and in the way it's shot. So yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> we just stop for the little kid's song, I guess. So while this is going on, um, he walks into a classroom filled with, or they like teenage girls, young teen mm -hmm. girls, I guess, maybe preteens. And he hears the teacher talking to all of them about um, fertility and sex stuff. And <laughs> she's asking the girls, what, what does the, the Maypole represent? And the whole class is like, phallic symbol, phallic symbol, phallic symbol. <laughs> and then we get a little lecture about how, yes, it's a penis, which is, you know, a special thing to us here in our religion. <laughs> and it's again, like generative processes or something like that. That was like in the description. <laughs> yeah, so, so they're really getting into it. And at which point the police officer, the sergeant is like, okay, I'm just gonna kind of stop this for a minute here. And he talks to the teacher <laughs> And he, you know, expresses his outrage, like, what the hell is going on here? What are you teaching these kids, you know? Um, so he, he asks the girls if they know Rowan, and everybody denies it. But again, there's very obviously one desk with no student there. So he goes over to the desk, and he opens the desk. Mia, do you remember what he sees in the desk he, when he opens it up? He sees a beetle that it's tied to a string and it just walking around. And one of the little girls explains very in like in a weird, really creepy way because she seems really excited about this. That, uh, I don't know what I don't know what her name is, but she is describing that the beetle's gonna go round and round in circles until it has no more string left. And he thinks it's quite um, torturous and she shouldn't be like happy about it. Which he's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> that's one of the creepiest parts of the whole movie, this girl. Yeah. She's like so excited, you know, because th so there's a nail in the desk and there's a string tied to the nail and a beetle tied to the string. 
and she's talking about how the beetle will always go in a circle, making the string shorter until it's stuck to the nail. And yeah, she's really thrilled about it. And he's like, ah, well, why in God's name do you do it then? (laughs) Um, So yeah, that was another weird moment, but Mm -hmm. he basically, he says, I want to see your, um, show me your, your name list of the students roll call and she's like well you're gonna need to talk to lord summer isle i don't have to and at this point he's done so he just like opens up her desk gets it out and sure enough finds rowan morrison's name even though everyone had just denied that she was you know ever in the class or that they even knew her so he talks to he takes the teacher outside he talks to her she kind of gets into their religious beliefs a little bit and this is weird she backtracks a little bit saying, well, okay, we said she doesn't exist because kind of she doesn't exist um, because we believe in a reincarnation where people can come back like as part of nature, animals, or in trees. And she finally admits that, well, Rowan's body is in the graveyard, right? So <laughs> he goes to the graveyard and we see um, just a this is funny to me. A little one of the graveyards has an inscription on it that says, "Here lies Beach Buchanan, protected by the ejaculation of serpents." <laughs> uh, I want that on my headstone, by the way. If I die before you guys, oh my you goodness! It. Consider it done. Yeah, just- yeah. and <laughs> consider it noted on this date on Rabid Weasel podcast. Jared made very clear and explicit what he wanted written on his headstone. We got you. We got you. Yeah. You know, mom's always been opposed to cremation. Mm. Um, so in the event that I die young, tell her she can choose between me being cremated or having this on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bet she picks the tombstone. I bet she picks yeah. the tombstone. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, but anyway, so that's this. Yeah, there's weird little moments of humor like that just dropped into this movie. So uh we also see another surreal moment there's a woman just sitting in the graveyard breastfeeding her baby and holding an egg mm-hmm. um, which again some kind of fertility ritual but it's really weird when you see it you know you think you're hallucinating <laughs> um there's some empty apple crates so oh we forgot to mention it's been established earlier in the movie he wanted some apples and there wasn't any on the island and he's like what this is like a harvest you do you grow this stuff here. Why aren't there any? So um, he smashes one of the crates and uses it to make a, a cross and leave it, leaves it there. So he talks to a man, uh, I guess the, the gravekeeper, the grave digger who's in the graveyard. And he notices they plant trees on the graves, which I think is actually kind of a nice idea. Um, but when he asks about one, the man, he says, whose grave is that? And he goes, oh, that's Rowan Morrison's grave, the girl we've all denied knowing. Um, and there's, what is it that was on the on the tree? Like it was a, supposed to be a piece of her skin or something? Uh, Do you guys remember? I think he said it was like the belly button. Yeah, navel entrails or navel. Yeah. yeah, something to do with um, with the belly button unfurled. Yeah, it's the, I guess the only gory moment in the movie, really, but it's kind of gross. So yeah, there's a grave growing. Yeah, 
there's a tree growing on her grave and he says oh yeah that's like a long string of her skin or her intestines or something um so now it's time for some detective work we just get a little detective part of the movie where he stops and goes around town and talks to people he goes to see rowan's mother again um <laughs> but he doesn't even bother to question her because she is making her daughter put a frog in her mouth, some old folk remedy to cure a sore throat. They actually put a frog in this poor girl's mouth. So can I ask uh, about this? What this made yeah. me think about is an episode of Family Guy, which uh, surprised to no one, but there's an episode of Family Guy where they lick the toads mm -hmm. and uh, they give the psychedelic experience, which then led me to realize that that's a thing. Um, but I was wondering as part of this, if that might be like part of their rituals uh, as having the children have the, have toads and have to lick the toads as part of any time they're sick because it makes them feel better. Um, so anyways, that's my small digression. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird little moment. Yeah, before CGI, just put the frog in the girl's Bird. mouth. <laughs> oh goodness. That's, yeah, and the mom goes, yeah His mom's face was great yeah it's, it's supposed <laughs> to take on the sore throat from the little girl yeah hear it yeah the frog is supposed Croaking. to steal her sore throat um so after he sees that he's like yeah i'm just not even gonna talk to you <laughs> uh then he goes to i guess like city hall or whatever and he demands to see the death certificates again sorry you have to get permission from lord summer isle and at this point he's just threatening to arrest people He's like, you know, I'm a cop. I'm going to do whatever I want. And if you don't help me out, you're going to jail. So she gives him the death certificates. But of course, there is no death certificate for Rowan. Mm, um, suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then he goes to see uh, the man who takes the pictures. So the picture that was missing earlier. Um, who is also, what was he? Was he a pharmacist or a chemist or something? Something about foreskins. Oh, he's the, <laughs> he's the photographer and a chemist, self-proclaimed chemist. Uh, uh, but yeah. he has a whole bunch of weird, uh, he has a whole bunch of jars, <laughs> jars of like body parts or, or maybe like animal parts, a big ass jar of foreskins which was really fucking weird hearts bra brains and maybe like a brain like too? newborn it's a piglet maybe yeah they look like little yeah. pig fetuses yeah it gets really weird for a minute there he has all these jars just filled with weird things including as justin mentioned a foreskins. jar labeled foreskins <laughs> uh if you ever need any foreskins uh, <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to have a jar of <laughs> so anyways the point is he asked the man hey where's the previous year's photo he says well it should be up at the end but as we know it's not there so now it's time to go see lord summer isle but on the way there we see another weird ritual justin do you remember this one with the fire and stonehenge yeah yeah i was having some like game of thrones flashbacks here um or flash forwards, not flash to different universes. I'm not really sure what the appropriate reference is, but um, yeah, uh, and fire gods. I mean, so basically there's like the fire god and uh, 
there's like a circle of, I don't know, we'll say 12 nude women and they're doing kind of ring around the rosy style, uh, singing and dancing. And then they occasionally, one of them jumps over nude and all trying to absorb the flames. Um, and uh, as a replacement for sperm, I guess, to impregnate them. And um, that's, uh, that's what they're doing. They're, they're <laughs> singing and dancing and, and they're doing Ring Around the Rosie. And then occasionally one of them jumps over the fire and sings about being impregnated from the fire god. Yeah, that's a pretty good description. So <laughs> up until this point, I mean, we had seen the, all the people having sex in the, in the grass at night. We've mm -hmm. seen Willow. Uh, this is the first time where there's just a bunch of naked women in the middle of the day <laughs> you know yeah. and yeah like you said they're running around the fire they're singing a song about having babies and they're jumping over the fire and there's some sort of like mini stone hinge structure in the background so yeah it's weird but then we arrive at lord summer isles manor i guess and here he is played by christopher lee okay so let's stop and just talk about Christopher Lee for a moment because he deserves it. Um, we haven't really, I think this is our first movie with him in it. And Christopher Lee, well, let me just read through it, okay? Christopher Lee is a fascinating person if you don't know much about him. Um, there are certain actors like him, uh, Vincent Price, Peter Cushing. Whenever you see them, like they just make the movie better. They have that charisma about them. But Christopher Lee was a World War II veteran, first of all. He played a major role in, for us horror fans, maybe best known for his Hammer movies in the 50s, 60s, and into the early 70s. He played Frankenstein's monster. He played the mummy. And most notably, he played Dracula like six times, I think. So he's very strongly associated with the role of Dracula. Um, he really became the second most famous Dracula of all time, only behind Bela Lugosi, you know, who was uh, in the 30s, Universal Dracula. Uh, oh, yeah, more these days, maybe more people will know him as he was Count Dooku in Star Wars. What was that? Attack of the Clones, the prequels and Saruman in the Lord of the Rings movies. So he ended up with over 200. He was in over 200 movies. And if all that doesn't make him cool enough, he also made two heavy metal albums when he was in his 80s. Wow. That's cool. I love <laughs> yeah. that. He's a fascinating man. Um, and also, he said that this was the best movie that he was in, which says a lot. Yeah. So. He crushes um, it, too, in this movie. Man, yeah. Quite a number of scenes with him where his, he just, he just owns it. I mean, yeah, really well done. I mean, like I said, everything he's in is just better for having him in it. You know, anytime he's on camera, you just want to watch. He's very, I mean, the guy was like six foot four, six foot five. He was a big guy, you know, which really came in handy if he was playing monsters or Dracula. Uh, he it was very imposing on the camera. And yeah, he was just, he was great here. He plays, it kind of reminded me of, when he played Dracula, he's very sophisticated. You know, he's a very well-educated, uh, classy, well-spoken man. 
but underneath that, there's the darker side, which makes it kind of a Hannibal Lecter type thing, right? You're dealing with someone who maybe they're evil, but they're really, really smart and civilized too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Mia, did how did you know? Did you know Christopher Lee before this? I mean, I assume you've seen Lord of the Rings and. Oh yeah, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. Mm-hmm. So I have seen him in Lord of the Rings and then some Star Wars, but I did not know about the whole like heavy metal band and all the previous really um, Dracula and horror movie creds that he had. Oh yeah, yeah. The Hammer Horror stuff is, I'm not as familiar with British horror you know especially that that time period i love the amicus anthology movies but the hammer stuff isn't something i've taken the time to really get into as much but he's definitely uh definitely a legend for that and actually he kind of you know people say if you met christopher lee later on in life they would tell you like do not ask him about dracula he does not want to talk about dracula anymore um just because he was sick of it and also he he did the first movie, which he really liked, but after that, apparently, they kept basically like blackmailing him into doing more, because he would say, "Guys, these movies aren't any good. I don't want to do them anymore." And they would say, "Well, if you don't do the movie, then the movie doesn't get made, and all these, all your friends on the set don't have a job." So he kept being like forced into doing the movies. Um, but also, it's funny when he went into Star Wars, even though he was kind of tired of being talking about Dracula, he was named Count Dooku. Uh, clever George Lucas but anyways Christopher Lee he's awesome anything with him in it watch it but so he's talking to Lord uh so our sergeant he's talking to Christopher Lee who is Lord Summer Isle who we've kind of built up as being the the boss around here um and what does he say he explains what's going on with the well we'll get to that but first he asked for permission to remove rowan's body he's like okay so this girl's dead i know first of all you all lied to me you said she wasn't here now i know she's in the grave so i want permission to dig her up and do an investigation and he's like yeah okay uh, <laughs> Go right ahead. and he says yeah and the sergeant's like, well, you seem really unconcerned about this. And Lord Summerall says, well, I don't think there's anything to worry about. I mean, we don't commit murder. We're a very religious people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this just um, drives the sergeant crazy because, you know, his idea of religion and their idea of religion are very different. Uh, And he kind of goes to this rant talking about, because Lord Summerall explains what they're doing out by the fire, right? It's a fertility ritual. And there's a great exchange here where the sergeant goes, but they are naked. And uh, Lord Summerall goes, well, naturally, it's much too dangerous to jump through fire with your clothes on. (laughs) I just love that logic. Well, if you're going to jump through fire, you should be naked. You don't want to set your clothes on fire. (laughs) Um, So this is a real fish out of water story, you know. Uh, But he explains what the ritual is. Here's a good word, everybody. for parthenogenesis which if you remember your biology class that's when a creature who normally would uh reproduce sexually reproduces asexually which is a real thing it does happen uh in certain species so the girls hope that's not typically in humans though not not typically in humans yes Uh, maybe for the virgin mary but not typically for humans 
your, your uh, usually requires two. Usually requires the phallic symbol. Uh, <laughs> and phallic the, symbol, phallic symbol, phallic symbol. Yeah. Uh, so they're hoping the Lord of the fire, the God of the fire, will get them pregnant. Which, again, as Lord Summer Isle explains, it's much preferable to some kid with acne. <laughs> some Who artisan is, too. Didn't he say like some acne artisan kid or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So again, there's a lot of humor in this movie. All right. So Lord Summer Isle tells us a little bit about the history of the island. It was founded by his grandfather, who was a free thinker, and he was experimenting with new kinds of crops, and they basically kind of restarted up the pre-Christian religious stuff. Um, so now he knows he has permission to dig up the grave, and so it's at night, and they're digging up the grave with the gravekeeper. But Mia, what happens after they dig up the grave? Do you remember? Yes, I do. So our uh, kind of creepy grave uh, digger man, um, he starts laughing hysterically, and the cop is just kind of like appalled because in the grave they find a dead hare, rabbit. Hair. <laughs> <laughs> dead rabbit. <Yeah. laughs> he laughed just yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he like looks at him too. He's like. He's like waiting for a reaction from him. It was great. Yeah. Like I didn't notice it the first time, but the second time I was watching his face and he's like staring at uh, Sergeant Halley waiting to see his response to the hair. Yeah. Like, ah! <laughs> he just starts like, like you said, laughing hysterically. And we're like, what's he laughing at? You know, you're expecting this to be like a, a corpse, like a rotting body. And then someone's laughing and it's, just, <laughs> yeah. So then he takes it and he goes back to Lord Summerall, just like throws it at his feet. <laughs> um, he's told that that is Rowan's physical remain. She has been transformed. Um, and he's like, well, okay, you people are all crazy. So I'm going to go back to the mainland. I'm going to file a report. And this whole island's <laughs> the heathen island, I think he calls it. Uh, you're all going to be investigated. <laughs> uh, at this point, though, Lord Summer Isle is kind of playing with him a little bit. And there's a callback to what Willow said earlier. Well, it's probably good that you leave because you don't want to be here to see what we do tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Not on May. Yeah. We get, oh, another little detective scene. Um, what is he doing? He sneaks into the photo, uh, the photographer's lab and finds some photos that lead him to believe that basically uh, what's been hinted at, the island's crops have failed. So he thinks they've done, they've sacrificed her to bring the crops back. And then the next morning we go to the library and we get a little history lesson about May Day and everything. And so he decides to fly back, but a couple things happen here. Um, if this has been more of like a weird murder mystery so far, now is when we're starting to turn into more of a horror movie. Because as he's going to his plane, there's a bunch of people in like animal masks kind of like hiding and staring at him. Really creepy. And uh, when he gets to his plane, of course it won't start. Now, this is an old trope. Usually it's a car that won't start. This is one of the horror movies i can think of where it's a plane that won't start yeah. uh but so he goes um what did you guys think when you first saw all the villagers in the mass is that not a creepy moment i think that's 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really definitely creepy because they're, they're like, looking over like a barrier. Yeah, they like, poke their heads up like four of them at once, and they're like, one of them has like a fox's face or a wolf's face, and it's like long and narrow. Another one has and, a poodle and, or like a salmon or something like that. They're just kind of like knowledge. it's just like mocking him because obviously they know he's not going anywhere, right? Yeah. So it's kind of so like, the whole movie. It's kind of been that's what's fun yeah. about it uh, is you get the sense that everyone's messing with him, but there's a secret. And it becomes more obvious that there's some kind of secret. And now we're at the point where everybody's running around with masks on and just following him. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he's like, well, I guess I gotta, I'll just have to stay here and find Rowan myself. And as he's going back through the town, he follows a man in a, a costume. I like this costume too. It's like a dragon and it has a little mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, watching that scene, you can tell that the guy's doing it on purpose. He's trying to be followed. He like stops yeah. just long enough for him to be seen and makes noise. Uh, but he follows the guy back to the celebrations for the day. He hears Lord Summer Isle explaining what they're going to do and just flat out says, and at the end of uh, the festivities, we will have a sacrifice. Um, he goes back to see Rowan's mother and now he's kind of hysterical. You know, he's like, listen, I don't know if you know what's going on, but I think your daughter is alive and they're going to kill her tonight. So you need to tell me what, what is going on here. What, tell me what you know. And she's completely unaffected. Like they all just treat him like he's just being silly. Crazy, yeah. And she tells him, you need to just stop messing with things that you don't understand. So with only a few hours left until the sacrifice, it's time for the sergeant uh, to run around the whole town looking for the lady. Uh, there's a lot of fun fun stuff in here. I guess we need some humor before things get really dark. Do you guys remember any of the kind of the oh, fun man. things there's that like happened here? Ones. Yeah. The one that I like the most, so he's like kicking doors in, which is just like, I mean, he's kind of being pretty ridiculous. But I do like when he opens the, like a closet, and then the, it's like, I think it's the same girl that was all excited about torturing the beetle. She like falls out of uh, the case and lands on her face and she's even like kind of painted her lip up a little bit so it looks like she's bloodied up and then she looks at him and smiles and then runs off ah yeah it was great that's great you think he we finally found like and he's just running around everywhere like you said kicking down doors and you he opens a closet and a child what looks like a dead child falls out so you're like oh well, we finally found rowan no it's just a girl who went there to wait for him just to fuck with him yeah. you know? yeah. uh what else happens here um he finds a there, dead body uh yeah he finds a real dead body but it's missing a hand it's isn't missing it? a hand. it's missing a hand i completely missed that mm -hmm. yeah you're right it's missing a hand that comes back later but I mean, I guess if you go opening and opening up caskets in a funeral home, you might find a dead body. Yep. Um, he also walks in on the woman taking a bath. <laughs> He's like, oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> walks out slowly. Yeah. So basically he's, he's invested. He goes out into like a boat everywhere, you know? So, but he, he fails, he can't find Rowan. And he decides to go back to the inn for to take a little rest. So as he's laying in bed, he overhears the landlord and Willow plotting against him. So they light, uh, it's called a, a hand of glory. 
which there was a hand of glory in Harry Potter. Maybe you remember that. Um, it's basically a candle made out of the human hand. It's pretty creepy. Like there's a, a wick on each finger, <laughs> but they're saying that this candle is supposed to make him sleep. They don't know how long it'll make him sleep. But uh, so she goes off to the festivities and then her father, the innkeeper, goes to dress into his costume. And he's dressed up as a fool. Yes, he is dressed up as the fool. And I like the sergeant just sneaks up on him and knocks him out and steals his costume and ties him up. <laughs> yeah, with the most ridiculous, non-believable knockout move of all time. He like, hits him in the middle of his back once and he goes, uh, and then just crumples on the ground. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I was like, how do you get knocked out? That didn't even hit him in the head. But I know it's a movie. Because <laughs> well, he has that hump in the back. Yeah, but we realize later that this is all yeah. they're acting, right? So Spoiler alert. Exactly. Spoiler yeah. alert. Gosh. But uh, so if it looks fake, that's why. Because they're it's supposed to be fake, uh, but yeah, when you first see it, you're like, what? What does? <laughs> That's one thing that drives me crazy in movies whenever someone like gets hit in the head and then they're unconscious for hours. It doesn't work like that. No. Um, you know, In reality, if you get knocked unconscious by getting hit in the head, it, if it doesn't kill you or put you brain dead, you wake up a few seconds later. But anyways, <laughs> um, so he steals the costume. Now he is dressed up as the fool and he can go join the parade where everybody's wearing costumes all right so we go to the parade <laughs> again things are starting to get weird now uh mia how would you describe this parade so it is the parade full of the townspeople led by the lord uh summer isle and he leads them all down uh, up into the mountains and they're just kind of like singing and he's like emphasizing for who he thinks is the landlord um, uh, to dance but it's actually the cop and as he's dressed up in the fool's um, costume and they're kind of like dancing and parading in costume up to the top of the hill to do their little festival. Mm hmm and I like Lord Summer Isle. His costume's kind of cool. He looks kind of like a, yeah. a goth, I think. Yeah, he he's does. got super long black hair. Yeah, he's, he's got makeup on. Yeah, white painted face. Yeah. And so he's follow. He's leading everybody down the path, and everyone's dancing. Everyone's either wearing costumes or playing an instrument. There's guys doing, like, it's very elaborate. There's guys with swords doing, like, mock fights. Um, like you said, he's like getting on to the sergeant, like, come on, you're the fool. What are you? you dance, do better. Are you drunk? Um, uh, at one point, just a bunch of women with sticks run up and start hitting him. <laughs> um, yeah, so the parade, it makes its way to that Stonehenge area where we saw the fire fertility mm -hmm. ritual. Um, Oh, here's a cool scene with the swords. Do you guys, either of you remember this? They like cross yeah. the swords. Yeah, that's. And what do they do? Yeah, it's like yeah, like a, it's like a like a star, and everyone has to go, and they take their turns, kind of putting their head in between all the swords, 
that create a little circle for people to put their heads in and everyone's yelling chop 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 <laughs> chop chop and each person in the procession has to poke their head up and they say oh chop chop and then they uh duck their head down again and uh of course uh sergeant howie is uh dressed up as the fool and he's like not wanting to do it and um <laughs> So Lord Summerisle's like, come on, McGregor, everyone has to do it. It's a, it's a game of chance. Um, and then right after that, uh, the person that like gets in line right behind him is another, uh, is another hair, as it were. And uh, it's- Okay, let me just go ahead and say, uh, it actually is a hair. <laughs> the hair is the right term. Uh, <laughs> but- yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it actually is a hair is the right term. But anyways, there's someone dressed up as a hair. Someone uh, they stick head. their head in. Yep, and whoosh, and its head falls to the ground, and the hair tumbles to the ground. But it turns out it was all a farce. Um, yeah, and because uh, because uh, the sergeant runs over, and you know, and they realize basically this person just had like a an elaborate head prop on. So it was the prop that got cut off and the whole thing was just a joke. But the first time I saw this, it was a pretty intense scene because mm-hmm. I'm like, um, is, is he about to get beheaded? You know, yeah, There's, they're playing music and yeah, it's all very, chop, really well chop, done. Chop, chop, chop. <laughs> so now that that's over, um, I also like that every person who sticks their head through legitimately looks nervous. Yeah. So you believe that, oh, they're just going to decapitate somebody. Um, but no, everything's okay. It was all just for fun. Um, now it's time to go to the beach where so they do a sacrifice to the god of the ocean. They have these barrels of ale. And they like slice them open and Lord Summerall gives a little speech and uh, they basically waste all that alcohol, which is kind of sad. Take our offering, God of the sea. Mm-hmm. You believe Christopher Lee when he's, you know, <laughs> anyone else that would be super cheesy, but because it's Christopher yeah. Lee, you're like, oh, sacrifice to the God of the sea. Yeah, um, but now we're getting close to the ending here, everybody. It's time, he says, for their more dreadful sacrifice. A horn sounds, everyone turns, and up on the hill tied up is... Rowan. Rowan, yes, we finally see Rowan. Who, at this point, I mean, as far as we know, we don't even know if she's real or not, because... But yeah, there she is. So now the sergeant finally, like, breaks character. He runs up to her. Uh, unties her the girl's like begging for help and she's like follow me and they run into a cave and they go through the cave they're being chased by these men they come out the other side and justin when they come out the other side of the cave there's a little twist what do they see when they come out of the cave there they are it was a perfectly laid trap the whole time Mm -hmm. it's lord summer isle and willow and Lord Summer Isle's other female companion that's with him throughout. And they're just yeah. waiting along with uh, Rowan's mother uh, for them to arrive. Yeah. And then when you get there, so Rowan runs up to Lord Summer Isle and hugs him. And we realize that she's been in on this game. <laughs> so 
the sergeant realizes that he's surrounded. Now he's been led up onto a cliff, basically. There's nowhere to go, and he is surrounded by the villagers. So, all right. Justin, do you also want to tell us? Here is basically revealed. Everything's explained. So what's been yeah. going on this whole movie? Yeah, so, I mean, it turns out that the letter didn't come from little Rowan. It uh, come from basically with the leadership within the community because they had been out scouting for a sacrifice and you know i mean basically the the sacrifice that they had done the year before had not worked uh and it had been a human sacrifice and it had failed and so now they're trying to kind of really step it up you know gotta appease those angry gods and they're looking for the ideal sacrifice that uh that they can get their hands on which uh turns out to be uh, someone with some specific characteristics right it's someone who is uh they're on their own free will they're a man of god a representative of the state and uh to make things even better he's a virgin um, right. so that explains you thought it was just exploitation when willow was naked and dancing around but no <laughs> that whole scene was designed just to make sure that they know he's a virgin. <laughs> well, yep, and some exploitation. Um, but. Yeah, <laughs> but it had a purpose, you know. It had a purpose, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what's going on. He's basically been in an elaborate trap, and the whole movie he's been controlled. Now, Mia, what did you think? Um, I guess you you knew right that he was ultimately going to be put in the Wicker Man, right? It's gonna be set ablaze. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, I think I knew. I mean, the movie's called The Wicker Man, so if you know anything about the movie, you know. Oh, there's someone gets burned alive at the end. But I think when I was watching it, I didn't remember if it was him or not. So I was following the mystery, and then it was. It's a pretty good twist when you realize, you know, how elaborate this whole thing has been, and how they really have controlled his every move, even so far as to get him to put on a full costume and willingly become the fool, you know? So, well, yeah, was now... Ago. He became the fool, too. That was the that was the other thing they remind him of. Yeah, because he's dressed yeah. up like a fucking fool. <laughs> <laughs> he literally dresses up like a fool yeah. and goes to his death. Um, so he realizes at this point, like, oh, oh, shit, I'm not getting out of this. Oh, my... <laughs> So at first he's kind of defiant and he like he proclaims his faith in Christianity and props to him. I mean, he holds on to his beliefs till the very end, the same way that they do. Um, and he's telling them all, you know, I'm not afraid that if you kill me, because I have eternal life if I die. But then he starts to get a little desperate and he's like, listen, everybody listen to me. You are about to commit murder. OK, this is not going to work. Um, and he even tries to turn it back on Lord Summer Isle by saying, you know, when this doesn't work next year, they're going to have to come after you because they'll need a bigger sacrifice. Uh, and Lord Summer Isle was like, uh, it will work. <laughs> um, and yeah, the people are, of course, they're completely unaffected by him. And they pick him up and they carry him to where the movie gets his name, The Wicker Man. Mia, tell us about the Wicker Man. What does it look like? So the Wicker Man is a 30-foot-tall wooden structure in the shape of a man. 
with uh, what seems like a cage in the chest, correct? <laughs> yeah. And well, it is he a cage. is. Yeah, well, it seems like it is a cage, a wooden cage, where they lock our dear um, uh, Sergeant, Howie. Sergeant Howie. Yeah. And so whenever they're stripping him, they strip him naked and they, you know, they put the little markings on him and put on the little white um dress or apparel kind of reminds me like back in the old movies where before they used to burn people at the stake they would do the same sort of kind of like similar thing yeah just random it actually reminded me of a lot of the uh, portrayals of uh, jesus actually yeah a couple of scenes kind of he's like being brought along and he's tied up by his hand he's in the white and he's like kind of he's like stumbling along and just trying to uh make and then when he when he comes up the so he's like yelling, Christ, Christ, Christ. He sees it. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. The, uh, the one thing I want to say about this scene too, as they're walking up the mount, uh, up the hill to, uh, to the wicker man, there's this beautiful scene um, where Christopher Lee is kind of at the lead and he's just kind of marching forward. And the rest of his crew is like the sun setting and they're walking towards the wicker man. And it was just just stunning um as well and uh yeah we're not quite there yet but um yeah yeah so it's 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 great i mean he i I like your um the christ allegory here and you know lord summer even says to him like hey man you get to be a martyr not many people get to be a martyr um he even uses the elect. I was like, oh, oh, oh wow. I'll yeah. count this W there. Yeah. So, and I like that. Yeah. There's basically just this one really, really big guy who is just dragging him, you know, and there's a ladder. So they carry him up this ladder to throw him into the cage in the wicker man's chest. And then they tear down the ladder. So he's stuck there. And also the wicker man, it's like a very it's not just him in there there's all kinds of animals Mm -hmm. (laughs) so this is uh, a very elaborate sacrifice and we're getting to the end here so he's locked in there he realizes there's no way he's going to get out the people begin to chant (laughs) Um, they set they set it on fire so there's a bunch of kindling at the bottom of the wicker man they set it on fire they begin to chant and he kind of goes into preacher mode, right? You know, and he's preaching to them that they're all going to be cursed by God and they need to repent and all this stuff. And so as the fire comes up to him, this is a very intense scene, of course. I mean, we're seeing a man being burned alive, basically. He starts to sing hymns, you know, as kind of a way of comforting himself. Then he prays for the last time. And uh, the Wicker Man collapses into the flames, and that's the end of the movie. So there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. What you guys think of the ending? The ending was fantastic. I mean, the so he crushes in this scene, but but the other piece too is like there's this juxtaposition of him singing like these old hymnals being burned to death, while they're out kind of singing. I mean, you kind of mentioned his chants, but they're like they've got they've got a whole song they're doing, and they're all smiles, and they got big grins, of, and they're singing about spreading the seed and mending the mead and whatever the hell there is, and uh, and he's up there like screaming, and you know he's uh, he's trying to sing his hymns, and it's like these battling forces of uh, yeah 
of 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 singing and his moment of, of being burned to death i mean it's um it's really hard to it's really intense i mean but they do a really it's shot incredibly well yeah um you you believe he's he's about to be burned to death I, I i would like to see some more behind to watch some more behind the scenes stuff on this to see how it's done um mm. but yeah it's like the whole movie is basically him as sort of a modern christian man and the juxtaposition between his religion and the old religions and how they they clash so it's very here it's very obvious because you've got their rituals and songs going on and he's trying to actually like he's just one man and he's trying to actually counter it you know with his and yeah it ends with him praying um you know his acting is great here and as you said everybody like to them it's not that dark of a thing and that's what makes it even creepier is because this is just like a happy little ritual they're doing it's just like going to church for them you know <laughs> um, i don't know mia anything else to add was the wicker man scene did it live up to your expectations it did a really great job so i think i mean it's the built up so most of the movie's pretty like mystery murder mystery and then like you had said and then it does like a really great build up as they're doing the festival and you're like oh no something's gonna happen what's gonna happen you don't really know until you know he they find the little girl and then they set him ablaze it's 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 really well done i thought it was great i really enjoyed it i can't imagine the impact this movie must have had on people in 1973 mm -hmm. uh it's still kind of shocking with the like the amount of nudity and uh yeah and the religious stuff like i, I can't imagine what people would have thought seeing this movie <laughs> um all the blasphemy in it mm -hmm. so yeah that's the wicker man it's it's a it's a hell of a movie um give it a watch any last thoughts anybody did we cover everything anything else you want to say about the wicker man no nah no watch nah. it great it's really good yeah i mean yeah it's dark and it's good and it's well acted and uh has some great music yeah 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 and uh yeah musical numbers some yeah good musical numbers it's yeah. an unexpected really great movie yeah, I like that. I mean, it's got Christopher Lee in it. Yeah. Um, it's a win. Yeah, I don't know. I actually feel, I feel kind of bad because in some ways, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I sympathize more with the people of the village than I do with the police officer because uh, he's, he's not really a likable character, I don't think. I mean, maybe some people could relate to him. I suppose if you if you think more closely to the way he does, you could understand him. But to me, he comes across as kind of a jerk who kind of abuses his power. You know, he's never really a likable character that much, you know. Um, but then by the end, you definitely have some sympathy for him. Yeah, some sympathy for the, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some uh, sympathy for him by the end, I think. Yeah. The other, the other uh, uh, Ingrid Pitt, um who um is the landlord's daughter also has an interesting background just kind of looking into some of the backgrounds of some of the uh 
actors and actresses and she was a survivor of a concentration camp which is pretty wild i wonder if i knew that huh yeah ingrid pitt she was beautiful um she was in uh she was in some of the the vampire movies so she actually wasn't the she wasn't the landlord's daughter i was confused about that i, I think i wrote that down wrong in the notes at one point she was the um the librarian i think in this movie sorry there's some hammer horror fans out there who are going to be super angry at me right now mm-hmm. but yeah ingrid pitt she's beautiful she was in um the house that drips blood one of the amicus anthology films and yeah an interesting character there for sure what else was she in she was in wait she's not the daughter after all no she was the librarian i got that confused what it doesn't make any sense to me now the the whole song was about her being the landlord's daughter no no um no that was let's pull it up real quick Britt eklund was the landlord's daughter um yeah they kind of they both blonde ladies with similar kind of appearances Mm. yeah but she was in yeah she was beautiful too but uh huh Britt eklund was a singer a Swedish actress and singer, and she was married to Mr. Peter Sellers. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's the Wicker Man. Um, yeah, there's a lot. Watch this movie. This is a movie that you need to watch a few times because even as I watched it again for, I don't know how many times I've seen this movie, four, three or four times now you catch more stuff for sure so all right well that's it next up episode number 26 will be whose pick was this was it mia's pick i think you pick you pick i think this was maybe me i don't know no the next pick was anyways what's our next movie guys it's the ring did you pick the ring the ring that was you you picked the ring mm, i thought it was me yeah that was you Okay, that's right. Justin's next pick is The Ring. We're talking about the American version, um, not the actual, not the original Japanese version, which uh, I actually, this is one of the rare instances where I think the American remake is better than the original foreign movie. Sorry, everybody. But The Ring, yeah, that was definitely an important movie that had quite an impact. So, All right, everybody, we'll see you the next time for The Ring. Justin, Mia, say goodbye. Bye. See you next time.